Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Romans 11, verse 33 says, oh, the depths. (laughs) That's what it says. That's how Paul wrote it, I bet you. He said, oh, the depth of the riches. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? For of him, for of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. I love this. I love this picture. I, I, I'm not going to preach long, I promise. But, but I love this picture in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths. Have you ever, have you ever, stubbed your toe or done something that was just beyond words and you go, oh, (laughs) you better not be saying anything else. You need to get sanctified. You need to wash your mouth out. You come to church, pastor, wash your mouth out with soap. You stub your toe or something that's, uh, you look at something, a beautiful painting, you're like, oh, something that's mesmerizing and it's beyond words. Your response is, oh, and that's Paul here in writing to the Romans. He's, he's, oh, the depths. It kind of echoes to me, reminds me of what Isaiah said. Oh, is anyone hungry? (laughs) What a picture of the depths of God. When I think about the depths of his riches, have you pondered the depths of God's riches lately. It's beyond words. It's beyond comprehension. How great is the majesty of God. You can't even begin to form words. I mean, Paul was creating words to describe the greatness of our God. He was combining combining words throughout the New Testament, trying to comprehend, trying to put into Words, oh, the depths. When I think about the depths of God, let's just go step by step here. When I, when I think about the depth of God, you know, he could have he talked about the height of God. He could have used any other word here, but he, he talks about the depth of God. There's three things that come to mind when I think about depths. I think about something being hidden. It's depths, it's below, it's, I can't see it. I think about, I think about how... Something is deep. If that's deep, we say, oh, that's deep. I think about the reality of something. And if something's deep, I think about the foundation of something. Oh, the depths, the hidden nature of God. He's revealed to you and I his hidden nature. And in Ephesians, we were, we were reading this Wednesday night. If you miss Wednesday night, wow, wow. Uh, if you, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend missing any service, but... Wednesday was powerful. We see this, that he's, he's made his mystery 
in Ephesians 1, if you go through and read that, he's revealed his mystery to us, the mystery of the gospel, the hidden nature. Job 26, verse 7 says he stretches out north over the emptiness and he hangs the earth upon nothing. The hidden nature of God, holding all things, placing all things in your life. He is the source of all things in your life. The depths of God, the mystery of God, the depths of who he is, the depths of his nature. I just want you to think about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to another verse in a moment, but I, I, I'm, I'm just stuck on this verse. This is, this is an important verse. The depth of who he is, the hidden nature of God. There, there is an eternal nature of God that you and I can dive into. We come to church and we hear a scripture, we you know, hear the sermon preached, we, we sing a couple of songs, and, and do we go through the rest of our week diving into the nature of who God is, the favor of God, the goodness of God, the glory. There is an eternal copiousness of God to embark on. Oh, the depths of God. The depths of his riches, the riches of his goodness, the riches of his loving kindness, the riches of his mercy towards you and I. When I was a sinner, he had riches of mercy towards me. When I was in sin, there was richness that abounded towards me. He owns it all, the cattle, the Bible says in, in Psalms. He owns all of creation. He owns you. And the depths of his riches are displayed in, in what he owns. It, it's displayed in who he is. Does anybody hear me this morning? Oh, the depths of God. Those hidden attributes of God. Diving into the, the attributes of who he is. The reality of God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the spirit of reality. When the spirit of truth or when the spirit of reality comes, he will guide you into all truth. He searches the depths of God and reveals them to us. He makes known to you and I the depths of, of God. The reality of God. It's not just, uh, oh my God, I, I wish somebody would help me this morning. You're just, are you hearing me? The, the reality of who he is. Not just concepts on a page. Not just words in a book. The reality of who he is. If he says he's your healer, the Holy Ghost, who is the, the, the spirit of reality, is revealing to you that God is your healer. If you, need, you, you ought not to just be dependent upon your preacher for a good pickup on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. You've got the Holy Ghost who is revealing to you the depths, the depth of the riches of God. If you begin to take time and dive in, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you the depths of who He is, the reality of God, the reality of His love, the reality of His mercy, the reality of His goodness. Then I wanna, when I think about depths, I think about the foundation. What is your life established on? Is it, is it the cool whip Christianity that makes you feel good? Is it the gospel light? Uh, not, not, if you're, not if you're a part of this church. There, you, we, we don't do gospel light. Amen. We don't do that. You, there's a foundation. 
And that foundation is the glory of God. The foundation of who we are. The foundation of what we do is because of God's glory. If you keep reading, and, and, and I, I love that verse, and we could jump in there, and I, I'm not going to stay there, but I just want, wanted to capture that for a moment. But verse 36, it says, For of him and through him and to him are all things. For of him. He is the source. He is the fountain of all things. He is the creator of all things. Flowing out of God is emanating right now a river beyond compare. The Bible says in Revelation 21 that there was a river that flows from the throne of God. In Ezekiel 47, we see a picture of this river that's flowing from the the very throne of heaven. He is the source and the creator of all things. He is the fountain of of living waters. In Psalms 87, 7, David said, all my fa- all the singers and musicians, this is what it says, all the singers and the musicians say, all my fountains are in you. He is the source of all things for my life. My joy, my strength, my hope all flow and emanate out of who God is for of him, he is the source and the creator. Job, I read it earlier, but he's, he is hanging Right now, you know, we, we have compasses that tell us where north is. You know, you look at the compass and it tells you what direction north is. God's hanging out at north. He's hung north in nothingness. He's upholding true north. It is, it, it's not the moon or the north star. Who is it that holds everything in order? God is the creator of all things. He's the one that's sustaining and supporting this. There's a reason why that magnet points north. It's because God's right there holding it all together. He's the creator of him, the source of all things. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.11 that he works all things. He's working all things according to the counsel of his own will. He didn't consult anybody else to determine how he was going to create or when he was going to create or what he was going to make you look like. Anybody who tells you you're ugly, they can say, well, God didn't consult you on beauty. <laughs> you're welcome. God didn't consult. He didn't ask for an opinion on, what, on your beauty. He made you in his image. You don't get to say I'm worthless or I don't have value. You don't get to say that. Hello. You don't get to say, well, I, I'm a nobody and good for it. Hello. Does anybody hear me? God, the creator who's upholding all things, made you. Are you going to insult him? He's the source. He's the source of your joy. I'm going to get there. Let me, I, I need to keep reading. For of him and through him. Not only does he create, his word, the Bible says, frames creation. Not only does he, does he create through his word, does he, he has an idea. When you, when, when you have a desire to make something, you talk about it. 
You know, when you, when you want to build something or paint something or design something or go somewhere or do something, you talk about, well, I'm going to do this, all right? And you use your words to frame what you're going to do. If I say, I want to go wherever, the mall, I'm going to go to the mall. I can, I can say, I'm going to the mall. I'm going to frame it with my words. I'm going to say it. But do I have the ability to get there? I can say good things all day long, but never have the ability to actually follow through on what I said I was going to do. Now, that could be a character issue, but more than that, it's, it is a power issue. Do you have the ability to do what you said you were going to do? God not only said, let us create, but when he spoke, there was power in his word, not only to say what he was going to do, but to actually fulfill what he was going. Can you, you know, I want you to think, when we say that we're going to do something, we actually then have to put some work behind it and actually make it happen. Or somebody, if I say to our staff, we're going to do something, I may not even have the ability to do it myself. But somebody on our team is going to use their power, use their ability to make it happen, right? So via influence. But God spoke, and in not just what he said, framed it, but there was power in the very seed of his word that it happened as he spoke. I just want you to think about that. The power of God to accomplish what he is. That tells me what Isaiah says about the word of God, that it will not return to me void. It just echoes it all the more because if God speaks, the very essence of his word is his power. Did you hear that? The very essence of God's word is his power. It's not just a promise that someday, but when he speaks, the very power to create the thing that he spoke has now been released. That means when, oh my goodness, this is good. So that means when he says, you are healed, Oh, don't give me those religious faces that look at me. Well, I'm still sick, Pastor. <laughs> the very thing that he released in by speaking his word will be accomplished because his power is in it. The same God who spoke and creation began is the same God who said he makes all things beautiful in his time. We think in terms of when God speaks, immediate. God is outside of time. God operates and functions outside of time. There are no time constraints on God. He's got all eternity. Wives, you thought your husband was slow? God has got all eternity. He's in no hurry. He created time, but he operates outside of it. And so when he makes all things beautiful in his time, it's his progression, not yours. The Bible says when the fullness of time came that Christ entered the world. Christ always existed. Jesus has never not existed. But when the fullness of time came, he stepped into creation. When God had ordered and the Kairos moment came, Jesus came. It was God's progression, not ours. 
So I want you to think about this. He's got the power, even in the essence of what he speaks, to bring to pass in his time. Isaiah talks about the just as the rain does not return void. It will water the earth and returns. I want you to think about the cycle of water. As it waters the earth, it comes down as the rain, and the sun heats it up, and it evaporates and goes back into the sky, and it goes up into the, these wonderful clouds, and it freezes in the sky, and it goes through its progression and comes back down as rain and, or snow, uh, God help us, and it, it waters the earth and does what it's supposed to do, and you see the cycle of water. God likens his word to water in Isaiah. And that it, there is a progress, there is a cycle that his word progresses through to what? To accomplish what he spoke. And so that progression in your life might be that rainfall's got to happen and water your life. You need some good watering season. And you go through a season of watering where that word is watering and nurturing you. You might go through a season where it, it seems like the sun is bearing down on your soil and everything's evaporating. And God's pulling up all that mess out of your life and causing things to blow out that need to get blown away. And uh, there's a process to his word. Do you follow that? To him and through him, or of him and through him. He is the creator. He is the power behind it that sustains it. The, the, the power of God that sustains the very thing he created. He spoke. If God spoke that thing into your life, he's going to uphold it and sustain it and bring it to pass. Some of you are chewing on this. I can, I can hear your brains just chewing on this. What is it that God has promised over your life? What, is God, what word has God spoken over your life? His power is able to bring it to pass. Amen. Say, Pastor, God's promised something for my family. And, you, you know, you just don't know what's going on in my family. Things are, are going on. Let me tell you. You see the situation as it is today. God sees the situation as he spoke over it. I'll say that again. God sees the situation, or you see the situation as you see it today. What's happening in the moment? God sees it 10, 15, 20 years from now. He sees the whole progression. He foreknew every detail of your life, and he is speaking concerning not just what is happening in the moment, but what's to come. That's why when people say, oh, I know, God brought this person in my life. We're going to get married. I know God spoke. And you're looking at them saying, you don't be unequally yoked. This is a definition of that verse, you know. <laughs> this is a definition. Just, I don't know about that. And, but God gave me a word. Well, God gave you a word, but it doesn't mean it's for today. He might be speaking concerning something that's happening much further down the road. That's why I always say, don't, don't try to rush. If God gave you a word, you have a promise from God, that's great. But don't try to rush that. Don't try to, you know, put it in overdrive. You just let God work that thing out. You be faithful with what God's given you. Step by step. Sometimes baby step by baby step. But step by step, be faithful and watch how God brings it. It's just a, it is his work. He's working it. 
If God, if God has given me a word concerning something, remember his word contains the power necessary to bring it to pass. He doesn't need you to make it happen. He will use you, and the, and the nature of that word will create on the inside of you. His presence and his love will work in and through you, but he doesn't need you to become the master architect of his plan. He's got it. The moment that he spoke it, it started. But sometimes that word coming to pass is that God... His word is working on us. That word is working on us. That word for your family. Sometimes he's got to start changing you first. Sometimes he's got to start changing your heart and your outlook and your perspective and your ugliness. For of him and through him, the power of God to sustain what he's spoken... And to him, I love this, of him, through him, and to him are all things. What does that mean, to him? That God has set everything in motion. He started it. He's upholding it. And he's, he's continuing it for what? For his own glory, for his purpose. He's doing it for his purpose. That it, it is a constant cycle. You know, our worship is stepping into this cycle. When we worship God, we're stepping into this perpetual cycle that's been happening for of him, through him, to him. When you worship, when you sing your song, you're not just singing, you know, just haphazardly. You're stepping into a cycle of worship that's been happening since the beginning of creation. You've been, you, you're stepping into a cycle that, that, that was happening even before creation. Let's just keep Going back. If you keep digging back further than creation, you still got God. And God, God was doing even in that moment. You think about before creation existed. By the way, you should take Bethesda. We're going to talk. We're going to dive into some of this. Before creation existed, it was God. Can we just rewind the clock for a moment? Can we just, can we rewind the clock and go back before God said, let us, in Genesis 1-1, where there was nothing except for God. And you had Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they were happy. They didn't need you to be happy. They were happy. And there was a cycle that was happening there of their happiness. Their joy. They were, they were infinitely happy in and of themselves. And that joy and that love was shared between them. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. All three in one. But they were all this love. Father loved the Son. And the Son loved the Father. And the Holy Spirit, the essence of God's love, was pouring out between the two of them. And the Son was pouring it back on the Father. And the Father back to the Son. And there was a constant cycle of love and joy and happiness. And then they got this bright idea to make man. <laughs> And we would look at that and say, you messed that up. But <laughs> you would have been much happier had you not had us. <laughs> we promise you that. 
God's the cycle of, of him, through him, to him. Prior to creation, and it comes into creation. God says, all things are set in this order. All things are for his glory. Now here's the, here's the great thing about this. You know, when you hear things like this, let me just pause. When you hear things like this, it challenges your cool whip gospel-like Christianity. And the reason it does that is because you've been told your whole life it's all about you. You've been told your whole life, even in church, you've been told it's all about you. God loves the whole world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And we, we quote John 3.16, and we use it as our story to tell everybody that God loves you so much. And he did it just for you. God didn't do it for you. Do you know why he loved you so much? He didn't love you because you were so cute and adorable. He loved you so much because he loved the son. There was a, there was a perfect, and he loved himself. You say, well, pastor, that sounds conceited. No, absolutely it's not. God would not break his own commandment. Love the Lord your God Number one, he set it in motion from the beginning, loved himself. And why? So that you and I get caught in this cycle of of him, through him, to him. You and I get pulled in. You and I get grafted in. You and I get to be benefactors of this relationship. This is life-changing. Because all of a sudden you realize... Oh, it's, it's really not all about me. It's about Jesus and the Father. And because of that love and because of that relationship, I get to be a part of... And then, you real, then your mind gets blown. You're like, I really didn't deserve that. I really didn't deserve that. I really didn't deserve to step into holiness and righteousness. Jesus said in John 15... I've spoken these things to you that my joy might remain in you, that it might be full and remain. What is the things that he spoke in John chapter 15? Anybody? Abide in me, and I abide in you. The whole chapter about abiding in Christ. And he says, I've told you these things so that your joy might be full. So in other words, by us stepping in to this God doing all things for his glory, I get the joy, he gets the glory. I find delight in him, and the happier I get, the more glory he gets. Do you, do you know that God wants you to be happy? God wants you to find your absolute joy and delight in him. It would be really bad of God for you to not be happy in him. If he was an angry, uptight, bitter old man who was trying to steal your joy, you wouldn't want anything to do with him, and neither would anybody else. 
But when you begin to find your delight in him and your joy in him, and he's no longer a a, a list of rules and have-tos, but I get to delight in God. There's a joy. It's joyful to come to church. It's joyful to read his word. It's joyful to pray in tongues. It's joyful. Why? It's It's not something I have to do. It's because I find my delight in God. I'm delighting in him. And it's this cycle all over again. And he says, I'll give you more. But wait, there's more. There's an eternal. We read it. Oh, the riches of God. The depths of his riches. They're unending. They're unsearchable. They're unme- you, you step in and you get a taste and there's more. You find your delight in God. You worship Him. You give Him glory. You find your delight. You worship. And God says, here's more. You step in. You worship Him. You find delight in Him. So, oh, here's more. And it's just this constant cycle that you've stepped into. Because you've been made a benefactor in Christ. How do you know when something's off? When you've lost your joy. How do you know something's out of, out of, out of cycle? How do you know when it, the to him, through him, or excuse me, of him, through him, to him cycle is out of whack in your life? You've lost your joy. That's why David said, restore to me. David, Old Testament understood a New Testament principle. David, Old Testament, under the works of the law. The Old Testament was how I can get to God by the right acts. New Testament is a revelation of how Christ brings me in. Old Testament is how I'm supposed to live as under the law, under, under works, to be a chosen person of God. New Testament is I'm chosen and he's working it out in me. He's writing his law on my heart. He's changing and, and changing my nature. David understood in the Old Testament, it was understanding of a New Testament, restore to me the joy of my salvation. If your joy has been lost, your joy, your delight in God is lost. Then echo what David said, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Help me to see once again that this isn't about anything that I could do. I'm not trying to earn anything. You just love me for who I am. You're sitting here this morning because God loves you just because it has nothing to do with you. He chose to love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Because it's signed with the blood of Jesus. It's in Christ that he has called you. It's in Christ that he's chosen you. And so let me offer this to you. At some point, you will discover again your joy. If you're here this morning and the joy of your salvation is waned, I'm going to boldly tell you, you're going to discover your joy again. 
How do I know that? This is not just a statement of blind faith. It's real faith. It's, it's the reality that if you're sitting here this morning and God loves you because you are found in Christ, then you're going to discover your joy again. God's going to see to it that you're going to find your joy in him. And he just happens to have put you here this morning to hear me tell you one more time from Isaiah that you need to drink with joy from the wells of salvation. To him, of him, through him, to him are all things. Thank you, Jesus. Worship team, why don't you come back? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us, God, again to discover anew the depth of your riches. Lord, help us to dive into the depth of your riches again. Lord, that we will not be satisfied with what we have tasted of in the past. Lord, we're not satisfied with what we had even this morning. Lord, there's an eternal abundant supply of your glory. There's an eternal abundant supply of your riches. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.